0: It's 49ers Cutback Podcast Time. Welcome to the show News Update Q&A. So, of course, you join in and you have a question, go ahead and leave it in the chat, and I'll try to get to it. But 49ers are back at it today. Of course, everything is backed up a little bit because of the 49ers schedule this week, Monday being the game. We have a different schedule for the, the 49ers overall, uh, so they were back at practice today. That is good news for the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan spoke with the media about it. So uh, there were some revelations about everything that's going on in San Francisco and which players you're healthy, which players are going to be back. Of course, he also had the talk about the lip reading situation, which I'm sure everyone is just on the edge of their seat waiting to hear about, Uh, but let's go over their schedule a little bit. Of course, um, they had Wednesday, they had the day off. That's normally what happens on Tuesday. So Wednesday, day off. Uh today they practiced at uh sorry, they had the press conference for Kyle Shanahan and also Brian Schneider, the special teams coach, at 1240. Practice at 148. Um, tomorrow the practice is at twelve fifty-eight after practice. So sometime around two thirty, D'Amico Ryan's gonna have his press conference, and then offensive line run game coordinator Chris Furster will have his press conference. Uh, to be honest, that has been my favorite one so far. Is Chris Forster this year. Uh, he has become my Mike McDaniel. Last year, I loved watching Mike McDaniel's pressers. This year, it's Chris Forster. Just so much information. Then, of course, they put the cherry on top that session with Jimmy Garoppolo's press conference. For Jimmy, you'll get more questions about the lips, uh, lip reading situation. And then they're practicing on Saturday, which they don't normally do. But they have a Monday game, so they're backing things up. So it feels the same. Uh, they're going to have a 12:18 practice. And then afterwards, it's it's a walkthrough, so it's real quick. It's just a little over an hour, and then Kyle Shannon is going to talk to the media. And then, of course, on Monday, they play the Rams at 5.15. So that is the schedule right now. Uh, and what is up, uh, David? How's it going? Yeah, a little bit early. Sorry, guys. I have some stuff going on. I had to go ahead and move it up. Um, it wasn't a plan. It's kind of like more a spur-of-the-moment thing, so sorry about that. I didn't give everyone more notice. Uh, what is up, Jan? How's it going? And David says, great Zoom call yesterday, too. Thanks for doing that. It was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. There was a lot of people in that chat and everyone was talking about you know things that were going on. And that's one of the perks you get by being over on Patreon. David has been a big part of both Zoom calls we've done over the last couple of months, and they've been a lot of fun. And um, yeah, there was a lot of conversation, including, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, this 49ers uh, offense overall. Um, I thought it was a fun one, and I thought everyone was bringing some nice, unique perspective to 49ers football, and and I always like hearing what other people have to say, even though I have my own ideas and opinions. Um, listening to other people will definitely you know, kind of get you going and, and help you understand other people's point of view. I think that can help you grow, so yeah, it was a lot of fun. I had a lot of laughs, uh, a lot of good moments, and that was fun, so I'm looking forward to more of those. Gann yeah, says, going great, bud. Good to have the fishing season done. Good to be back in civilization. Yeah, that's good. Jen, you were gone for a little bit, so I'm glad you're back. I've been enjoying reading your comments that you've been leaving on the videos. You always make me chuckle. Uh, especially the one on the Madden about Jimmy Garoppolo smiling after a turnover. So you knew it was legit. That was freaking hilarious. That made me laugh. So the practice schedules out, and then Kyle Shannon spoke to the media. Now it wasn't a long interview process. I mean, basically both coaches, both Kyle Shannon and Coach Snyder, um, took approximately fifteen minutes to address the media. Of course, they're asked a bunch of different things. But uh, first off, Eric Armstead, you know, who missed last weekend's game against Denver, uh, has been dealing with plantar flasciitis. And that's one thing that, you know, you just don't know how it's gonna go. But Kyle Shanahan said it was improving, and I think that's good news for the 49ers. He said he was real close ag- about going against the Broncos, and that's what um, Eric had said before or after the game as well that he had went out there and tested it and he was close. And Kyle Shanahan reiterated that. Um and said, Hey, we thought he was he was good in the workout before the game, but we held him back, and it's still the same today as it was on game day. Hopefully it will be good Monday. So uh they feel like it's good. They feel like it's holding up, and that's good. They need Eric Armstead because last year in the NFC Championship game, the Rams were able to run the football. Uh so you have to make sure. That you're able to stop the run, and Eric Armstead is a big part of stopping the run. Uh, this Forty ers defense is just better with Eric Armstead, and I mean it makes sense. Armstead hasn't, you know, hasn't had all the flashy plays, all the big plays that I was kind of expecting him to have this year in his first full year playing on the interior. But if you have the injury on that, it means he's probably you know been struggling with that against Chicago, especially in those conditions, uh, and then against Seattle. So hopefully he'll be you know kind of. More healthy than he has been and able to make an impact on the interior. Uh so Jan is saying Hufonga, that like uh button, cut back crew. I really appreciate that. Um and then Jan says baby goat purdy will start in four games. Whew, that's bold right there. That is very bold, but Jan says it starts in the trenches, and you are not wrong, my guy. And I saved that just for Jan. Uh, but um the so Kyle Shanahan. You know, I had to discuss some of the other players as well. Of course, uh, they don't have an update on Trent Williams. It's it, Trent Williams is going to be out four to six weeks. Uh, that's the the realism of it. You know, I mean, at least Kyle Shannon early in the week did say that Colton McKibbitts is going to be the starting left tackle. And, I mean, it's easy enough to go back and see Colton McKibbitts week 18 against the Los Angeles Rams. i and you can see how you expect Colton McKivitt's to fair. He gave up two sacks in that game, but he was going against, you know, perennial Hall of Famer or future Hall of Famer uh, Von Miller. That's a tough ask. They don't have Von Miller this time. They've, they've, Von Miller moved on and they added a different all pro player in Bobby Wagner, but Wagner plays a different position. That's good news for the 49ers. Is Wagner going to help stop the run a lot better? Yes. Can he cover running backs out of the backfield better? Yes. But Vaughn Miller added that edge presence on the opposite side of Leonard Floyd that you don't have now. So the Rams are lacking a little bit, and that's good news. One thing I found that was interesting when I was doing my research for the scouting report video that I'm going to be putting out over on Patreon is in the first game in Week 10, Jalen Moore was the starting right tackle. So Niners haven't had a starting offensive line, you know, the one they felt was their starting group against the Rams in a long time. Last year, it was Jalen Moore at right tackle. Then in Week 18, it was Colton McKivitz and Tom Compton at the tackles. Then in the NFC Championship game, it was Compton again. So it hasn't been the full array of guys yet. The Forers have still found ways to win, uh, or at least in the NFC Championship game, be very competitive with the opportunity to win. So I think that's good news, as Kyle Shanahan can scheme it up to be able to kind of take some of the pressure off. Uh, I think that at least makes me feel comfortable. There's just something about the way Kyle Shanahan goes against uh, Raheem Morris and Sean McVay's uh, coach teams, he just understands it. Now, Morris adjusted every single week from week 10 to week 18. The NFC Championship game, there was constant adjustment from him. And I think that is part of the reason that the 49ers offense fell off a little bit week in and week out. And Kyle's got to figure out how to counteract that. But I think he can do it. No, I really do. Um, Jan says uh get get those you're not wrong my guy tees you know i started working on them but i haven't finished it yet jan so i'll let you know when i get that out and then jan says stafford going to get arm fatigue in the third i would i wouldn't mind him not being able to throw uh later on in this game because you know it's just it's kind of difficult uh when you're going against these players you know of the rams i mean they have some really really good players um so you just got to consistently work on it and you got to consistently get better but um, Kyle Shanahan, you know, he knows what they're going to be without, and being without Trent Williams is a big deal. You were able to win once before without Trent Williams. I think that's got to make you feel a little bit better. The fact that you can win with a guy like Cody McKibbs at left tackle, I think guy. is nice. And, and thank you so much, uh, LZ, for uh, subscribing to the channel. I really, really appreciate that. Um, thanks so much for joining the Cutback crew. And, of course, you know, if you have something you want to uh, add in chat, go ahead, and I'll make sure to read it. Uh, We'll have a fun time with it. But let's go back to Kyle's comments because there are other things. Of course, uh, he noted that Ty Davis-Price, Zizal Shire, Tyler Croft, and Ross Dwelly won't practice. Dwelly is day-to-day with a rib injury. So Dwelly has the potential to play. The other three are for sure out. Zizal Shire is out six to eight weeks with a MCL sprain. Ty Davis-Price and Tyler Croft are out for... Uh, probably three to four more weeks, depending on how that goes. Croft has the knee injury, uh, and Price has a high ankle sprain as well. Kyle's trying to prevent, they said the 49ers are trying to prevent from putting any of these guys on IR. So not having them IR is important. Now, the good news is that offensive lineman Daniel Brunskill is back at practice. He is limited, uh, but he's going to work at guard and center. And then Shanahan noted, which, I mean, I I love that he noted it, Brunskill can play any position along the offensive line, so it's a, it's a, it's more of you know we got Brunskill, he can do whatever. The question is where is Brunskill going to end up playing? I think that is that is a big question. Um, and then a, a Forty ers classic comes through with how involved in in the offense will Mason be? One interesting thing is is actually that's a part of my wow that's bold for the game preview show that's going to come out later is. In that, I talk about the fact I think Jordan Mason's going to have an impact in this football game. I think Kyle Shannon wanted to get him involved in the series in which Jake Brendel and, and uh, Jimmy Garoppolo had the exchange problem. I think that was a, a real issue for that drive. I think that was his time to shine. And after that happened, it kind of changed the way the game needed to be played. It was a turnover that gave the, uh, gave the Broncos field position in 49ers territory and just changed the game overall. But I think they were going to get him involved. He had just had that nice carry for seven yards off the outside, but we'll see. I think that is uh, something I want to see is Jordan Mason getting more involved. I also kind of expect to see a little bit of Marlon Mack too, now that he's had a couple of weeks in the system. We're going to see both of those guys get some opportunities. And Kyle Shanahan told told um, Greg Papa in an interview last week that they do on MSNBC before the game, he kind of talked about Tevin Coleman and that he expects to see Tevin Coleman, At some point during the season and it didn't seem like it was you know maybe it was inevitable but we'll see when that ends up happening um but right now the 49ers should give some carries to jordan mason uh they've done they did a variety of different guys against the rams over the three matchups that they had last year from elijah mitchell jeff wilson jr debo samuel like they did mix it up a lot including kyle you hopefully they do something similar with mason because I think if they can get this run game going and Kyle can be bullish about it, it would really help this four yards offensive line. Colt McKivitz is a really good run blocker. And I think you could take a lot of pressure off of him, uh, but also off of Mike McGlinchey because McGlinchey struggled a little bit against Denver. Now, those are really good guys on that edge, but I uh, definitely would. David Campbell says Brunskill sees Donald and wants to stone him. <laughs> it's so funny, right? Uh, this is the week Brunskill would be available to come back as against the Rams. I think that's going to be a key the 40 yards is locating Aaron Donald play to play, finding him and then being able to execute double teams, uh, take him out of the play, using running backs and tight ends to help double, to go ahead and wham block him. Anything you can do to slow down his penetration, to keep him off balance, I think that's going to be a key. Another thing that was key in the matchups last year was Jimmy Garoppolo's snap count. He was able to get the Rams defensive line to jump off multiple times in each game. I think that's something to monitor as well. Hard counts seem to work as they're wanting to be really aggressive and push a physical style against the Niners because the Niners have been more physical against them in recent memory. So I think that is something to watch as well. Shylock says, "By week is week nine. What do you think our record, record will be? Well, I think they can beat the Rams. That makes us two and two. And then I think they can beat Carolina, Atlanta. That puts them at four and two uh, through six. So we got... After that, I think we got Kansas City and then the Rams again, um the seven eight, yeah, so I think if they split one of those, I think you know five and three through the first eight, I think is realistic for the 49ers. I mean they could go they could even do better than that, but I think five and three because I do think beating the Rams and then beat at home and then beating Carolina and Atlanta are definitely po- definite possibilities as they make that East Coast swing. You know, that next couple weeks, they always tell the NFL to put two games together on the East Coast, and they did it with Carolina and Atlanta, and those are winnable football games. Uh, And then you just got to beat either Kansas City or the Rams again at home. I think it'll be more difficult to beat the Rams at home. Uh, Kansas City is coming to San Francisco, but the defense could look better. You could also have Jason Verrett. You could have Jimmy Ward back. I think those are going to play pivotal roles, too. But I think that would be kind of the realistic five and three. Sounds about right. What's up, SG? How's it going? SG says, will Jimmy Garoppolo have over-under 255 passing yards versus the Rams? I would say under. I I just, I mean, Jimmy, I, I don't think it's going to be much under, but I think 200 to 230 yards is kind of where I see Jimmy Garoppolo's numbers being uh, consistently through this year because there is an importance on on running the football. And if Jimmy goes close to 300, you really have a good chance to win the game because that means you were able to spread them out and fire it. And the way Raheem Morris attacked you know, Kyle Shanahan's offense— in that NFC championship game with six and seven guys along the line of scrimmage, you get six and seven guys with most quarterbacks in the NFL. You're like, okay, we're throwing the football. Um, but the 49ers have a, a little bit of a, a line issue. They have some guys that are still learning, getting better. And then they also have to be able to have time to get the ball down the field. And we know where Jimmy's successful, but if they can find key matchups using their personnel groupings and formations to get matchups that they like, just like they did against the Denver Broncos, or you get, you know, Debo Samuel on a linebacker, you get George Kittle lined up on a linebacker, those are situations you can take advantage of. Also, if these guys, these teams are gonna leave their corners on the outside and not move them. Now we know Ramsey normally moves, but if you're gonna have a situation where you can put Kyle check out wide and they're gonna cover him with the corner, that means your slot receiver is gonna be open. So uh, there are certain ways to manipulate getting guys open in the right areas, and I think that's how the 49ers go about it. So I think that's what it will. And then SG says. Will Brandon Ayuk have over under 80 rushing yards? Uh, he's gonna have under 80. I mean, Brandon Ayuk, come on. Uh yeah, I don't I don't think that he's gonna have more than that. And I'd seen that I missed a couple questions, so I'm gonna go back. But uh Four's Classic says, Will Ray Ray take over some of Debo's wide back roles? I think they might need to do that occasionally. Um, but right now, with all the attention being paid to Debo Samuel, I would continue to use Debo Samuel, but uh, only run some place to keep him honest, and then the rest use him as a decoy, and then use Ray-Ray McCloud, Brandon Ayuk, and Danny Gray to run reverses and counter plays that go back the other way. By using Debo that way, you get the entire defense to flow one direction. You can set it up to go the other way. It's important. So you put Jimmy Garoppolo in the shotgun with Debo Samuel next to him, and you run a read look here. If you set it up as an RPO with a little bit of a fly sweep coming back with Danny Gray think you're going to have so much confusion that you're going to freeze linebackers and create lanes for Jimmy to throw the football. That's what it's going to be about again for the Niners window dressing, letting these guys see multiple guys moving that way you can run counters and, and traps and whams and everything off of it in the run game as well. Uh, Kyle's going to have to get really creative with the way he approaches offense moving forward. And what is up uh, to everyone that is joining in chat? Always good to see you. Uh, I'll, I'll get to your questions. If you leave something there, um, SG says, "Will Nick Bosa have over under five sacks in this game? He's having under. Uh, that's not that's not close. He's gonna. I mean, he's he's gonna get his. But um, great one says Drake Jackson breakout game. Now, one thing that's interesting about Drake, because I love that by the way, great one, is I think Drake Jackson needs to have even more time um, when they have athletic quarterbacks. Uh, him, Ebucom, and Bosa on the field together, they have the speed and athletic ability to be able to get after quarterbacks. I think you saw that now." Uh, I love Kinlaw, and Kinlaw did such a good job of getting in the backfield against Russell Wilson. But then you would see when he was one on one with Russ, Russ could make a move and make him miss. Now I know Russ can deal with a lot of guys, but Drake Jackson, you're unable to do that with. He's super athletic, and they have other guys like I know Kamoko Teray wasn't able to play. Um, he has a personal matter, uh, but they have athletic guys for that reason. Going to more of a NASCAR package, especially against quarterbacks who can escape in those situations, I think are going to progressively. Go in, the, in that positive direction for Drake Jackson. He's getting more and more snaps. His athleticism is going to shine. That's going to be good. Rushing those guys together is very important. You could get a, a rush package that includes Drake Jackson, Nick Bosa, Charles Amenehu, you know, and, the, and these guys, and Samson Ebicom. Uh, that's just so much athleticism. I think they would put a lot of pressure on. Of course, with most running quarterbacks, you want to make sure you get interior pressure. so isn't create any lanes, but I just think it's something they're going to continue to work towards. Jan says, Bosa will have two sacks. I would love that. KMDR says, what's the key to being dominant in Madden 09? Wow, I don't even remember what Madden that was. Uh, Caleb, you're going to have to remind me what Madden that was. I was very dominant in the early Maddens. Uh, Madden four, uh, 2004, Madden five, 2005, 2006. Um, but I'm trying to remember Madden 09. I used to be pretty good at all those games, but yeah. Uh, and that was LZ that subscribed earlier. Sorry about that. It looked like Jay-Z in the font. Um, LZ, thank you so much for the subscription. Great one says, 49ers cut back. Do you think Niners should take a, a look at free agent running back Mateo Durant? 4-3 speed. I love the speed. Um, I think that when it comes down to it, the 49ers are missing that speed element right now. Elijah Mitchell was going to provide that. But with him being injured, they are missing speed. Now, Marlon Max got a little bit but how is he looking coming off the Achilles? But besides that, right, they have no other speed on their team. Um, so I think I think you're right. They could take a look at it. I like the 4-3 speed. I think part of the reason the offense has changed for the 49ers over the last couple of years with Jimmy Garoppolo is I think they were transitioning away from Jimmy to Trey Lance, so they wanted to get more big, powerful, physical running backs for the style of play that they were going to have. But those speed guys like Raheem Mostert and Matt Breida – and Tevin Coleman, they were able to stretch the defense when you ran those outside zones. And what happens, those linebackers had to flow out. So then when you would run those boots, that edge rusher wouldn't stay home on Jimmy Garoppolo, but would collapse down. Because if he didn't, it would leave a tremendous void for those running backs to be able to cut back your running backs having to vacate that area. um, It was a big movement. Plus, when Jimmy came out on the other side with the bootleg, so many guys had moved horizontally. It created throwing lanes for him. That was a big part of their offense in 2019. Uh, and that hasn't been there because they don't have that speed element. That's why I think Raheem Mostert was important for the Niners last year. Then he got hurt. They needed that speed element still with Jimmy Garoppolo to be able to run that outside zone. Um, That's why Elijah Mitchell ended up being the running back they needed to go with with Jimmy. This year they expected it was going to be Trey. Uh, It didn't work out, but they've already transitioned to a running back room built for Trey Lance's quarterback. So it's a different style of offense. Uh, that they're kind of employing. SG says, what are your top five keys to victory for the four yards against the Rams? Uh, I don't know if I have t- a top five. I would say uh, watch the game preview show. I go over the keys to winning that game. Um, That's going to be coming out later. So check that out and you can get all the five, you know, the not five reasons, but the top reasons why. Dan says, "Uh, Kevin Givens is bowling out. He had himself a really good game. Uh, The line stunts that Chris Kisarek and D'Amico Ryans were dialing up. Was helping put these guys in good situations. But Kevin Givens played pretty good against the run. Um, and that's good news. He needs to hold up. And especially if Armstead's not healthy. Uh, Given Sasan Ridgeway. They're playing out of their minds. That's what you need. The defense played really good. So yeah, I'm with you. Shylock says Jimmy's ceiling is reaching the Super Bowl. I'm fine with that. A few plays away from winning it in 2019. Jimmy is fully capable. Yeah, I don't think they're not capable of winning games with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. Um, I think this defense could be... best defense jimmy's played with which means uh with the defense being that that good and the special teams being much improved you've improved two-thirds of your football team just need the offense to be able to play at the 2019 level or close to maybe even the 2021 level which i don't think was as good as 2019 and i think you have an opportunity to win you're that close uh so i mean you do have the opportunities but the team has to play really well around jimmy garoppolo and then he just has to get comfortable and elevate his game because The game he played against the Broncos is not winning football. You can't turn over the ball, number one. And number two, you have to make the right reads. But um, they've already proven that they can win with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. They just have to figure out ways how, because these teams are coming up and saying, you're not going to run the ball. So, Jimmy, you're going to have to beat us with your arm, and they have to figure that out. Let's see. Uh, SG says, who do you got between the Dolphins and Bengals on Thursday Night Football? I'm going Dolphins. I'm riding with Mike McDaniel. I like the way he's doing things. Uh, The Bengals have had some struggles. What I will say, though, is I'm looking very much forward to seeing the White Tiger uniforms from the Bengals. Uh, Those things look fantastic. I love that the NFL is letting them change the helmets now. Finally, that's what we really needed. So, uh, yeah, that's where I'm going with that. And KDR says, the Madden with Brett Favre on the cover. You know, I'll have to go through and check it out. I think I actually still have it, KDR. so I'll look. Um, and I'll see what I, what I can find out about it. Um, I mean, a lot of the ways that I won was using, um, I ran the football a lot, used some play action off that. And then I played a certain defense and overload blitz out of quarters, uh, and moved to certain guys around. You could always get free rushers, So, um, that's kind of how I handled it. SG says, Oh, and what's up, Mr. Corey? Sorry. I missed that. Uh, how's it going? Welcome to chat. SG says, when will head coach Kyle Shannon be placed on the hot seat? Not anytime soon. He just lost his uh, starting quarterback, and he had Jimmy Garoppolo there. Um, if they make the playoffs, there's no hot seat. There's no hot seat until he doesn't make the playoffs with Trey Lance and establish Trey Lance as quarterback. So, I mean, if he, if he completely tanked this year, we could probably talk about it. I just don't see that happening. We have a championship-caliber defense, so I don't expect him to tank. Of course, says, Aaron Banks continues to make me look smart for picking him as my breakout offensive player, Banks has played well. In the and the film he seems to get more comfortable. He's going to have a huge matchup this week against Aaron uh I'm sorry Aaron Donald. Um but yeah, I mean Banks has done a pretty good job in his first year starting. I think the Forgers are optimistic about the interior offensive line. I think the weak spot so far has been Brendel. Uh but Banks and Burford have done pretty good, which I mean for the future that's good. Uh that's good news for the 49ers and you know Colton McKivitt, a fifth round pick, he looked a lot better last week than he has in the past, so uh, development is there. You got to give props to Chris Verser that he understands how to develop offensive linemen, and they're doing a pretty good job. So, yeah, Banks is working out, which I love. Jan says Niners were an INT away from playing in the bowl last year. They were. You know, they were a play here or there away from being in the Super Bowl, uh, and they'd already proven that they could beat the Bengals. So, yeah, they had a really good chance to win the Super Bowl, and you know, that's 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 tough. You're hoping to get another opportunity, but you have to go out there and prove it on the field. I think the Niners can do it, but um, they're going to have to get better and better each week. They have to get this run game going. They have to play stout defense, and Jimmy Garoppolo has to convert key third downs and make key throws. And if they do that, they have a chance to beat anyone in this league. Uh, that's just what it is. Um, Marvin says KDR. Is it with him holding his welfare check? Well played, Marvin. Well played. Twisted Clown says Madden uh play action vernis davis works all day i love that twisted clowns coming through with some Madden knowledge what's up marvin welcome to the chat mr Cory says mike mcdaniel could give us moster back yeah i would love to have moster back i mean right now we could really be using that speed um that would be a huge change of i think that would be a huge dynamic in this offense but we don't have speed and uh i mean elijah mitchell being out that's pretty much all the speed you you know you you had on your roster um I know TDP is a four-four-eight guy, but you can definitely tell the difference between Elijah Mitchell and TDP. Um, and then you can tell a huge difference between Raheem Mostert and everyone else. So yeah, you need those explosive plays. Jan's giving some Madden help as well for the halfback toss. As she says, who do you think will score the first touchdown for the 49ers against the Rams? Um, if I had to put money on it, let's see, let's see, let's see. I know you're saying hashtag Kittle. Um, I don't think it'll be Kittle. It was Brandon Ayuk last week. I'm going to go out there on a limb, and I'm going to say the very first touchdown of the game is Jeff Wilson Jr. Jeff Wilson Jr. is going to have the first touchdown of the game. I think he's going to get a a nice run for a touchdown. So um, Marvin says, just send him the money, Ant. (laughs) Well done. Uh, What's up, Jess? Welcome to chat. I hope you're having a good one. Everyone's saying hi. Always love when everyone says hi. But, yeah, let's get back to some of these guys that we were talking about. Daniel Brunskill being back. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, you know, I mean, the injuries aren't fun. Um, but, you know, Kyle Shanahan uh, knows that they've got enough talent to be able to do it. Um, one more interesting thing. I don't know how many people have saw this. Uh, is how many people have saw the viral thing of Jimmy Garoppolo's lip uh, lip reading where um uh, people are saying you know jimmy said all your plays suck man um i i thought that you know I, I got sent the the video and i watched it and at first i was like oh my gosh did he say that um and then after that i'm like i don't know because i've seen so many different ones and so kyle had some comments about it and you know he talked about you know they had frustrations and then uh he said it's like it's like it is with one of my friends jimmy and i are around each other every single day there's not a, not any awkward awkwardness from us or anything that's kept from each other. So uh, they're pretty much saying, hey, they, they always talk about it. They air their things out. And then uh, Kyle said, I don't know the clip you're talking about. I got it in my notes before this press conference, but I'm not a very good lip reader. I probably won't watch it. And then he said, there's frustration with our whole team. First of all, the clip to me is a joke. I can't believe we're talking about it. I'm pretty sure that's not what he said, but we're extremely frustrated from the whole game. So. um It's so funny that, you know, people are talking about this clip. But I did think this was funny as well. Um, Matt Barrows asked 10 people what they thought of what Garoppolo was saying. Here was some of his favorite responses. Somebody said, I threw up inside pants. Someone said, should have gotten pizza dough, man. And someone said, all I can make out is ball, man. Uh, So it's interesting. I've seen a lot of them, uh, a lot of funny stuff that people have been saying about these. I don't know what everyone thinks he's saying. Um, uh, but I definitely did not, uh, read anything into, you know, and then, uh, Jan says, Jimmy said, our play sucks, man. Um, yeah, I've seen that. I've seen him say, uh, you know, some people think that maybe he said my play or, you know, like, uh, that his own place, like instead of saying your play sucks, man, like he's talking to himself. So yeah, uh, the Dolphins and Bengals, no, it doesn't start in 31 minutes. It It starts... Uh after five. So you there you got plenty of time, SG, if you want to watch that game. Twisted Clown says, I agree with Jimmy G play calling does suck. Look at McDaniel's players are getting letting it fly. Um, it's a little bit different too with McDaniel, right? Uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, McDaniel has tremendous speed with Tyreek Hill and with Jalen Waddle that takes so much pressure or put so much pressure on a defense just to you know account for them every play. Plus, the running backs you have have tremendous speed as well. He went in there and built around speed. Um, Tua is finding open receivers, which is good. Um, But, you know, with all things, these defenses are going to learn how to adjust to McDaniel as well. Um, But he's really smart. He's going to figure this thing out. I think that uh, they're a good football team. I like Mike McDaniel. Uh, But they have different weapons. They're built different ways. They're going to approach games differently. I know some of the plays are going to look similar. Some of them are going to be attack similar. But... Uh, you know Tyreek Hill is a lot further along than someone like Danny Gray. You know Jalen Waddle is is tremendous. I mean he's just he's an an elite talent. So um, I get what you're saying though. You know I mean sometimes the play calls can be frustrating, but a lot of it's lack of execution. It really is. It's it's a lack of execution. Great one says we should have drafted Isaiah Pacheco if we knew we was gonna resign Mo. If we weren't gonna resign Moser, I loved Isaiah Pacheco. I think he ended up going to Kansas City out of Rutgers. I really liked him. I thought he was a good running back. I was definitely in on that. In fact, in a lot of our mock drafts, I would take Isaiah Pacheco. So I get that. I think that what Kyle was trying to do was move to a different style of running back, a more physical. Of course, Isaiah Pacheco is definitely big enough to play physical. Um, But I think he wanted a certain type of back to pair with Trey Lance and the way that they were going to approach offense with Trey Lance at the helm, uh, especially in the near future. And I think that but Jimmy, you wanted those speed guys, you know. I mean, he was trying to get those speed guys uh, from, you know, Jet McKinnon, you know, to, um, you know, bringing in Tevin Coleman. He wanted guys who were four, three, four, four speed guys, and he started to fluctuate away from that and change away from that. I don't know if he thought that those guys were too injury prone, or if he felt like he wanted to move in a different direction as the league continued to, you know, try to figure him out. Um, I think he's always trying to stay one step ahead. But it's now you're in a situation with the running backs and what they're going to do don't exactly match what you need Jimmy Garoppolo to do. It, it seems to be a little bit of an issue, and Debo Samuel's been able to make up for that with the way that he he runs the football. Great1 says we should have... Oh, yeah. It's, okay, I'm sorry. Luke says, Ant, who do you think will have the second biggest role in running back room as far as carries, or do you think it won't be a factor because Wilson will get all get the same? Um, he'll be the workhorse. I think it's going to be Jordan Mason. I think Jordan Mason's going to get more carries, uh, in this game, of course, he only got one last game fully expected to increase um, last week. I thought he was going to get seven. I think this week it could be the 40 yards want to run the football against the Rams. and They're going to need a variety of different ways to do it. And one of the ways is to continue to run these guys out there, you know, with the physicality. Um, we could also see Marlon Mack. We'll see how much development he's had. But I think some of the ways that they run the football, they could use Jeff Wilson Jr. as a battering ram as well. To help attack these, you know, six and seven man fronts, um, but some of the time when you get in these two, uh, two running back sets, you have to use your running back as a as a receiver. And Jeff Wilson Jr. is a little bit better receiver than Jordan Mason, but not much. Jordan Mason does a pretty good job, but I would love to see them get see if Mason can get going because as a big physical guy, you know, if he could churn off four and five yards of carry, and you could consistently give him the rock, and he could get yardage, I think that would be good for your team. It could wear down the Rams defense. So uh, that's what I think. Barman says they are playing in Tampa. Um, Jess says, oh, Jess is, oh, what's up? I forgot Jess is dropping stuff in there for me. Thank you. Uh, Luke says, McDaniels ain't afraid for a play not to work as well. He's not worried if the pass is incomplete. And that was clear from the press conference with us. Yeah, he, McDaniels is, you know, he just kind of goes out there and and lets it roll. Uh, McDaniels is a different type of play caller than Kyle Shanahan, but where they, they have similarities in the run game, they have some differences in the pass game concepts. Um, but you know I always expect Kyle Shanahan to figure it out I went through and watched week 10 last year week 18 the NFC championship game all the matchups and I kept seeing Kyle Shanahan consistently change um, the way he called plays the plays that he called the scheme everything adjusted week by week and the Rams do the same thing and the Rams would take away things that Kyle did well in the game before and Kyle would have ways to come back and counteract that but it all started with the run game and then when the run game wasn't there uh, the past concepts were there was finding personnel groupings to be able to attack the defense. So uh, it's a chess match. It's going to be fun for sure. Um, Mr. Corey says, the teacher teaches the student this season, 49ers 31, Dolphins 17. That's going to be a fun matchup. I hope the 49ers defense is fully healthy on December 4th uh, when that game happens. I would love that because it would be really, really fantastic. And SG says, thoughts on Alabama Crimson Tide football team. Um, I don't know. I haven't really watched them a whole lot. I like their quarterback, but I haven't watched them a lot this year, to be honest. Uh, mainly been watching, you know, USC and Florida State. Uh, Florida State's my team, and then USC's, you know, a team that I really like. They got some local guys that I like to follow. So those are the teams that I've been following. And I've watched a lot of college football, but not as much as, you know, uh, as most. And so I haven't watched Alabama. Matt Burgos, what's up, Matt? How's it going? Says, who wants it? Lions better record than Niners at season's end? Give me a game. Um, Maybe. I mean we'll see. Uh we'll see what happens overall. Uh the four yards right now, or you would say they're not playing in a better division. So there's some division wins there. And the Niners are undefeated in their division. If they can continue to play, you know, beat the Rams, beat the Cardinals, and beat the Seahawks, uh, that's eight victories right there. So it there's a potential. And oh well, look at the Broncos fan. What's up, Seth? You deserve it after that win. I'm sure you weren't excited with Russell Wilson's performance though, right? Uh so I don't know. I don't know if Detroit's gonna have a better record. I think Detroit has played some good football this year. They've been able to move the ball, um, but we'll see. I mean, right now, until they prove it, they really haven't proved anything in any year in a long time, but they're a lot better. I do think that um, Campbell's did a really good job of turning that program around. Mr. Corey says, Jordan Mason better get 10 yards on his first carry to stay in the game because we know seven yards isn't good enough for a second carry. Mr. Corey, I think there was a second carry coming, the fumble from Jake Brendel. Uh, the fumble from Jake Brindle, I think, kind of ruined Jordan Mason's drive. That's that's unfortunate, but I think that's what happened. So uh, I I look for Jordan Mason to get some opportunities, but you know you just never know what Kyle Shanahan. I didn't I didn't expect him to go with Jeff Wilson Jr. for the entire time. I really didn't, um, but he did. You know, and Jeff Wilson Jr. got a ton of carries. It's not uncommon for Jeff Wilson Jr. to get a bulk of carries. So uh, maybe. <laughs> Marvin says, "So tell me, set Detroit really? Come on, man. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about the Detroit one, but I like when uh, when you get the when Matt comes in here, he's stirring it up a little bit, having fun with everybody. Um, but I mean, when it comes down to it, the Niners just need to win football games, and the way they're going to win football games is by you know building this offense around. Did you just come with? I'm sorry, that, that caught me off guard. Matt just came with Detroit is statistically better at the moment." statistically who cares about statistics who cares i statistics don't mean nothing it's about winning and losing um and i don't care about statistics you might you know you might score you don't even play the same common opponents like it's just that's just crazy come on now uh that is freaking hilarious um but no i don't think statistics matter at all i they never will uh they never matter to me as a coach they don't matter now Uh, it's about play on the field it's about execution if you execute gonna win football games. I don't care if you win every single game 14-13 or 10 to zero. Uh winning's winning. So that's what it's about. And uh, (laughs) I'm sorry, Matt. I'm not with you on this one. You're you're on your own. Um but yeah I know it's like you know Matt knows me pretty well so he knows how I handle things and what I care about. But yeah, Warriors got some things to do on offense. They definitely need to get better. Um they need to execute better. But um part of the things that's gonna help them is familiarity with the defensive coordinator for the Rams, and Raheem Morris. Uh, Kyle Shanahan coached with him on a couple of occasions, including you know, in Tampa Bay and then with uh, the Washington football team. So he has an understanding of his concepts, the way he attacks uh, with his defense. And in fact, I think Kyle Shanahan you know, would have thought about him coming in if he didn't already have people as defensive coordinator. That's how much he likes Raheem Morris. Um, so the way that they've approached it is they've slowly brought more and more guys to the line of scrimmage to stop the run game. So Kyle's got to find creative ways. In the NFC Championship game, Debo Samuel broke a tunnel screen for a touchdown. And the reason is, when you have so many guys that land scrimmage, you get that ball out quickly and you make a couple key blocks. Playmakers like Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk uh, can have big-time plays. And I think those avenues are still there. Those are still ways to be able to get it done. Um, And then, uh, let's see, Marvin says... The Niners need to stop fumbling and they will win games. Yeah, tur- you can't lose a turnover battle and they'd be bad on third down and expect to win football games. Uh, that's just it. Um when they played the Denver Broncos, they turned over the ball too many times and they were bad on third down. Oh for nine on third down, you're not winning games in this league. The fact the 49ers have one of the best defenses in the league um made them stay in this game, but that's just not a recipe for success. You win the turnover battle and you convert on third down at a high rate and stop your the opposing team. Converting, you're going to win more games than you don't, so about getting off the field that's what it's about. Mr. Corey says Jake Brendel needs to be benched. Have no idea what they were thinking starting 29 year old undrafted journeyman with three career starts. Paging Mr. Treader, uh, Treader retired, right? I I don't think Treader's coming back. I think Daniel Brunskill is going to be the answer, Mr. Corey. Uh, He's he's going to practice this week, and I think he's got to be the answer at center because you're right, Jake Brendel has not met expectations. He has not played up to the level that I think he has for himself or Chris Forster had for him in this offense. Um, And consistently, he gets beat consistently. I see him, you know, putting his fists in the, you know, like struggling, shaking his head. Uh, He's just not playing at a high level right now. And you could tell the difference between having a guy like Alex Mack, who is a pro bowl, you know, all pro guy every single year and having a guy like Jake Brendel, who's a journeyman. Uh that they, they tried it, it didn't work out. I think they need to go to Brunskill. Um, and then what they really need to do is continue to develop Zakel so he's ready to go for next year. Uh SG's asking about JC Treder. I mean, he's retired, so I, I don't really have thoughts. I have, you know, he's just at home. He's chilling. Matt Berger says, Is there one signal the Niners have this year um that tells you Niners not on track? Uh key win, performance, trade, etc. Um, The the thing that changed was the offense. The offense went from playing with Trey Lance under under center, um, and the way you were going to attack offenses, knowing that you were going to have 11-on-11 football. What it did was freeze different guys. So the way defenses were playing him, because he could sit there and um, control guys and make sure guys stayed home uh, because of his threat of running the football, but also he had the threat of the vertical pass down the field and the threat of throwing outside the numbers. So he made defenses cover more grass. So it was more spread out uh, with Jimmy Garoppolo. Everything gets kind of brought into area. So you're, you know, you're in a uh, basically a 18 yard box uh, from, from hash mark to hash mark about 20 yards deep. And so it changes the way you call offense uh, because Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't freeze defenders. It's not 11 on 11 football things change. And I think, you know, against the Seattle Seahawks, we were able to kind of get back in there and just start rolling. Um, but as we got into you know, a game where a team was able to prepare for him and a, and a defensive coordinator uh, that was with the Rams and understands how to attack the 49ers. It just made a lot of sense that they were going to have some struggles, not to mention Denver's probably a top you know, 10 defense in this league uh, with some really good edge rushers. So I think right there, that changeover, it wasn't going to be as smooth as, as people thought, because there are different pieces. The way that Kyle Shanahan was planning to attack was different. Now he has to get into a different mold and find more creative ways to use Jimmy Garoppolo instead of what he had with Trey Lance. And I mean, that's a big change. 49ers faithful mom says how many INTs will the Niners have against the Rams? Hopefully a couple. It would be nice for Talanoa Fonga to come up and uh, come up with another big time play to create an interception, but they had opportunities to create multiple turnovers in the game against Denver and they did not capitalize. You need to capitalize on those. And I think if they do, definitely going to give you an opportunity to win so hopefully it's at least one but i'll take multiple if we could get it Sean says aloha faithful what's up sean how's it going always nice when sean is in chat Marvis says that fumble by wilson at the end of the game made me throw up i uh, throw my shoe against the tv uh yeah there's some bad ones there were some really bad ones luke says they moved some of the uh trent's money around do you think there's a guy they'd have to work a trade for or sign at left tackle or center why did they do that or did it just in case to be ready it could be to make sure. I think they had like a little over three million dollars. Um, of course, you like to keep more money than that available. Uh, they could they could have done it just to have you know operating money for the year in case something comes up. Um, it could be because they plan on moving guys up and down the amount of guys that are coming from practice squad to active roster, that money also plays into it, I'm sure. Um, but there could be a move out there, you know. What I mean, it could they they probably got a, a few guys that they're looking at. Uh, if Armstead's injury was serious, I thought Indomitian sue was a possibility, but it, now it seems like Armstead's going to play, so they probably won't make that investment. Um, so, I mean, could there be a move out there? Yeah, it could also just be uh, bookkeeping stuff. Um, we'll see. I mean, we'll see how it ends up playing out. Uh, Sean says, I think Brendel maxed out his ability at this point. Yeah, I think that's the consensus, Sean. It's been a real struggle uh, for Jake Brendel. I was trying to give him you know, the benefit of the doubt, I thought Daniel Brunskill was uh, playing better than him most of the time in training camp. Uh, Brendel and Brunskill both had snap problems, but uh, Brendel over the last two weeks has created two turnovers. Um, you know, he had the the snap off his butt where Ross Dwelley picked it up against Seattle um, that ended up forcing the four yards to have to go for a field goal instead of a touchdown. And that gets blocked in return for a touchdown. And then in this one, you know, he, he snaps it late. Um, the snap doesn't get to Jimmy Garoppolo's hands. And then he, you know, it's a fumble the manager unable to recover. Those are things you can't have happen with centers. And, you know, some people are saying, well, maybe it's because Brindle hasn't worked with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. I would believe you except for I went to every single day of training camp and saw Jake Brindle have this problem um, with Trey Lance as well. So this has a, been a consistent issue, um, and it's not like with uh, uh, Alex Mack last year was like soggy bottom. Uh, that's not what's going on here. Dan says, Verrett and Jimmy Ward coming back soon. Defense going to be ultra stacked. Yeah, they should open their practice window next week. Which means that Verrett and Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm sorry, that Jimmy Ward and uh, Jason Verrett can come back anytime within the next three weeks. That would mean they could come back against Carolina, Atlanta, or Kansas City. I would think Kansas City would be the most logical as far as you could really use them in that matchup. Um, But we'll see. I I know Jason Verrett's supposed to have been ready. Like he's just sitting, uh, chomping at the bit to come back. And then Jimmy Ward's still working on getting right uh Seth says will Jeff Wilson keep getting the same volume of carries can't risk a flop on my fantasy squad I think he's still going to get the bulk of the carries until Elijah Mitchell gets back you may see it go down four or five carries um but I think he's still going to be in that target kind of that 12 to 15 carries a game I think they'll sprinkle in a little bit of Debo some Jordan Mason I think those are what you're going to get over the next several weeks but it was last year that the 49ers ran the ball in week 10 44 times against the Rams. If they can run it over 40 times, they're going to. Um, so, he, and he's a volume carry guy. So as far as carries go, he's always going to be a volume carry guy. This, of course, his Brunskill skill wasn't that good at center either. He's the best at right or left tackle. I agree, but he's the best option right now at center. He He's just a better option than Jake Brendel from what I saw in 2020. Um, is he the one I wanted? No, but I don't think JC Trader coming out of retirement. I don't think the foreigners are making an adjustment um, with a center like that, you know, at this point, um, the only one I could see them bringing in would be someone like Alex Mack, and he ain't coming out of retirement. Uh, but you'd want someone that understands the offense, understands the ins and outs, uh, and right now it just hasn't been there. Marvin says, Ant, don't you think that the run option that Kyle has called with Jimmy is going to get him hurt? Just saying, um, it could. I mean, but you, you're trying to find opportunities to be able to uh, move the football. However, uh, Jimmy making his legs part of the game could definitely help. You don't want to run it consistently, um, but here and there you can run it. Uh, you need it. You need to be able to use the quarterback's legs to be able to dictate to these defensive linemen and edge rushers how they approach football. So I think it is important, um, but you're right. I don't want him to get hurt either. Sean says, five-man five defensive fronts take time to run against. It's difficult, very difficult, but not impossible. Okay, call to get them out of it. Uh, do you see the Rams sticking to their base 4-3? I think they're going to run five and six guys uh, Sean, I went back and watched all three games, and the way they they started the week ten last year they had five, um, week eighteen they had five and sometimes six, and then sometimes in the NFC Championship game they came up as, with as many as seven guys on the line of scrimmage, uh, and Kyle had to kind of spread them out. But the variety of different run uh, game that they ran, uh, they ran variations of all kinds of different schemes, which I love. I don't know how much of that is Mike McDaniel or and Kyle Shannon, or is it you know was it both of them together? I mean, but they literally ran Wham, Power-O, Trap. Uh, They ran just straight power. Uh, They ran ISO. I mean, they just completely did it. Uh, and then what they were doing to this edge rushers when they were running the five-man front early on was they would have a tight end or tackle engage with that outside linebacker and then have a running back come in motion and be in a running start and help hit them and push them out, creating that void in the defense to be able to run the ball inside right there off tackle. That was kind of the way they approached it early. And then as the, the Rams adjusted, they went back to running a similar look, but then running a counter out of it. So he would get the ball, but then go back the other way with a pulling tight end or, or offensive guard going the other way and then and run behind him that way. It was a very good concept. When they came in the next game, they, both teams had adjusted and then it was a different scheme. So uh, I don't know exactly how they're going to approach it yet. I'm still formulating that. When I get to my what's the game plan episode, I'm going to put it on there. But I've been doing my scouting report video that's going to be over on Patreon. But yeah, I've been getting in this pretty, pretty deep. Um, and it's a, it's, it's a fun one. I mean, both these teams, the coaching staffs, they're really good. Uh, and their adjustments are very fun. <laughs> I like that Janssen Stafford's always good for a couple of INTs. He has against the 49ers. The 49ers have, have picked him off pretty consistently in the three games uh, where he's been the quarterback of the Rams. Um, Luke says, I'm actually rooting for Detroit. I like watching them play for sure. And we always root for the underdog, but not watching the Niners. I like watching Detroit as well. I have no problem with the way Dan Campbell goes about, um, you know, his team. I, I think they're kind of cool. Matt Burgo says, who's a backup quarterback now? What does that look like when Jimmy G goes down? I say "Win," because he's always hurt. It's Brock Purdy. Uh, he's a young um, quarterback. He was Mr. Irrelevant for the 49ers. And Brock Purdy, I mean, he, he showed out in the preseason. He made the roster. He made the 53-man roster, uh, which is tough to do. They didn't plan on keeping three guys. But he's got no fear, uh, tremendous guts. Uh, Is the arm strength there? No. Uh, Sometimes he struggles with that. But uh, the guy doesn't think he can't make any throw, which I kind of like his confidence. So uh, I'm a fan of him. I want to see how he continues to develop. But uh, we'll see. Twisted Clown says, will we see more than 12 points this game? Scoring points for the Warriors, not defense either. Yeah, I think we're going to see more than 12. But I don't think it's going to be high scoring either, Twisted Clown. I think... Uh, The first team to 20 will probably win the game. I think the Niners need to get to 20. They need to establish the run game. But uh, the NFC Championship game ended 2017 Rams, and I think we can see something similar as far as score. I think the 49ers can get to 20 points this this week. I think they can score enough points because of the familiarity, but it's going to have to come to creative run game, trusting Jimmy G when they spread it out to be able to take advantage of the matchups, and Jimmy G recognizing the defense he's going against. I think those are going to be key um but we'll see i mean you just never know but the rams defense isn't as good as last year so that is at least a good sign no vaughn miller makes it easier for the Forty yards to be able to have time to throw the football matt burgo says if the Niners score indeed, they'll beat the rams uh yeah i think so uh let's see sean says hoping we get the big boys up front to attack the rams front seven and get after them get mason who is a physical back running the rock yeah, and that's why I think we could see some Jordan Mason in this game more than we've seen before is the physical nature that you want to uh, approach the Rams with. The Rams have talked about this before. They believe the reason they were getting dominated for a while was their uh, physicality in the way they approached the game, and the 49ers just out, you know, outplayed them physically. Uh, they brought it, they punched them in the mouth. Uh, so that's been a big topic, and I think the 49ers think they get the ball you know, rolling with these running backs, Jeff Wilson Jr., Jordan Mason, Marlon Mack, punishing them up the middle. Uh, they could probably, you know, turn this thing around because I believe the Rams are going to come out and try to stop the 40 yards on the edge early on in this game and leave a little bit of areas to run in the middle. Uh, if they do, the foreigners have to be able to take advantage of it, and that means getting bodies onto um, Bobby Wagner. I mean, that's a major improvement over Reader last year at the linebacker position, but um, you just got to continue to go in there and execute, and it's going to be all about execution, all about creativity because you want to get these guys' eyes going one way, uh, go the other, or Um, Just get them thinking. So I think window dressing will be a part of it as well. We'll see. Um, Sean says, Loki was pounding the table for Creed a year ago. And then... um, Ouch, Matt. Calling Jimmy G. Glass. Come on, man. Come on, man. Um, John Paul says, If we made a huge trade hypothetically at the deadline, what position do you want? I'd say quarterback or another offensive weapon. I don't think they'll go quarterback for the mere reason you have Jimmy Garoppolo uh, with his accelerants and stuff. He's going to make some money. Um, and I think he just feels you feel comfortable with him there. Now if he got hurt, you could potentially see that. I just don't know what quarterback that would be. As far as a weapon, uh, would love to bring in a weapon. Um, just who's gonna be available? You know, who do you have healthy? Because I think the four-yards feel pretty solid, but they're five wide receivers that they have. Um, so maybe a you know, maybe a running back, but Elijah Mitchell's gonna come back at some point i i think it's interesting i don't know i mean they could make a move uh they did so when they had uh emmanuel sanders um oh maybe they would make a move we'll, we'll we'll see um and if they did you know it would have to be a splash they'd have to make something happen for sure um sean says i have not seen a wham out of us yet this year i would love to say get it going and knock donald into retirement yeah the wham is there uh that was something that was consistent last year in their matchups using George Kittle and Kyle Juszczyk. Uh, Arizona tried to use it last week against Aaron Donald, and Donald jumped right over the top of one of the guys who went low. Uh, You can't go low that way. Uh, It's not going to work. So, uh, yeah, I would love to see that, and I think that could be a part of the game as part of their counterplays with a little bit of wham action going in there. I think that would be nice. This, of course, Ant, let's trade Danny Gray, and the third pick for Creed Humphrey. I would do that. There's no one that is trading... There's no way Kansas City's trading Creed Humphrey uh, for Danny Gray in a third-round pick. But, yeah, I would do that 100% of the time because I know I'm getting a third-round pick back for D'Amico Ryans when he takes a head coaching job somewhere. So basically be Danny Gray for Creed Humphrey. Yeah, I'm doing that every every day of the week and twice on Sunday. yard uh, Faithful Forever says, Damn, I'm late. What's up, man? How's it going? Uh, uh, welcome to chat. Yeah, you're a little late. It's okay. You're here. Uh, Mr. Course says, Tevin Coleman will get way more carries than Mason. That's Kyle's secret son. Uh, The way he talked about him, it's potential. What's up, Ernest? How's it going? Uh, There's potential. He told Greg Papa Tevin Coleman was likely going to be a part of this roster at some point. So you're right. Um, Porter Faithful says, Patterson ate the Rams defense up. Can't wait to see our, what our running backs... I can't see why our running backs can't. It's going to be a little bit of a different matchup Uh, because they're going to absolutely load the box against the 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have a loaded box. He's going to have nine guys in that box eight nine guys every single play uh depending on how the four ers can go ahead and spread it out so uh we'll, we'll see what happens there marvin says if tevin coleman gets more than three carries they will carry him off the field with an injury talk about made out of glass i don't think tevin coleman uh is going to be active for this game i think he could be a little bit down the road especially if we get carolina atlanta um but let's see hopefully jordan mason just makes it so that's a mute point The tevin coleman just sitting on the practice squad uh, but Mason's got to get it rolling, and hopefully he can. I know he's only had one carry, um, but there's something that they're not seeing in practice to give him more opportunities because Guillermo Lenore wasn't getting many many plays in the game, but he was showing out at practice, and he got a start over Samuel Womack. So there's opportunity to earn it. Just has got to go do it. So let's see if if Mason can get those opportunities. Corners class said, Ant, how do you rate the Ram safeties? Oh, that's a weakness. Uh, that's a th- Taylor Rapp and those guys. They're not as good. That's part of the reason you know they brought in a guy last year out, off the street um, for the playoffs because they had to make sure they had somebody that could get it done, and that was a big change in the game. Uh, Weddle made some big plays in the NFC Championship game for the Rams that helped beat the 49ers. So I think safety play is a problem for them, which means matchups with George Kittle um, and with the speed of the 49ers. Now, you can catch these guys on double moves. You can catch them uh, peeking in the backfield and take advantage. So that is definitely a weakness of the Rams' defense. Great one says, what's the deal with Poe, Zakel, and West? Uh, West is not in the league as far as I know, so he's he's not even anywhere. Uh, Zakel is on the active roster, but has been inactive for games. He is a complete developmental player. They're working to get him ready for 2023 to be the starting center, I believe. That is something I've believed for a while, and that's what he is. And then Poe is on the practice squad, continuing to develop uh, to get better, but you know he's not good enough to be on this 53-man roster right now, uh, so that's what's up. And what's up, Ernest? How's it going? Uh, Russell says you can time Coleman with a sundial, not enjoying Coleman, even though Coleman ran, I believe it was a four, a four, four. Uh, but yeah, Coleman has been, um, uh, thanks so much, Matt. I really appreciate it. Thanks for chiming in. Always enjoy when you come through. Uh, so always good to hear from you and thanks for the Congratulations. I appreciate it. Uh, 49 Fizzle Forever says the more Coleman touches the ball, the more likely we are to lose. Um, unless we play him against Carolina, right, 2019 against Carolina, he goes off, tears them up. Well, we got into the Carolina game coming. Maybe we need Tevin Coleman for that one. I'm just ha- trying to have some fun. Um, but I think Coleman is a nice, um, you know, security blanket just in case. You know, you never know. You might need him just in case somebody gets hurt. The way running backs have been going, having someone that understands Kyle's system. At least you're not bringing someone in off the street that doesn't understand what's going on and what Kyle wants. Uh, I think that's important. I mean, I know Tevin Coleman hasn't been. Somebody that a lot of people like, but I always did. I I had no problems with him, you know, getting three and four yards of carry. Um, kind of one of those old school ones. That as long as you're getting three, four yards of carry, I'm okay with it because you're going to set up third and manageable, and then you, a lot of times you're going to convert. So, uh, I didn't have a huge problem with it. I wish he could stay healthy more consistently because he did get hurt, especially at the end of 2019 and 2020. But, um, I kind of like having him on the practice squad. I feel more comfortable with it. John says, Do you think we go back to 2019? Two- where Coleman pounds the rocks for a few plays, finding the weakness in the defense and letting Mason and Wilson expose them. Um, I don't think it'll be with Coleman. I think it would be with Jeff Wilson Jr. this time, and then kind of the what you're talking about, Mason and, and Marlon Mack exposing them. So they could go back to a three running back rotation. I think they would like to go back to running the outside zone, um, but the way these defenses are kind of approaching it is making it more difficult. You're going to have to find creative ways, and I think the easiest way to do it is actually spread them out and let Jimmy Garoppolo throw the football. Um, but, you know, Jimmy's got to prove consistently he can do it. That's the first way. After that, you've got to figure out ways to get the defense to move um, so that way you can create run lanes. So you've got to use a variety of different motions. you got to pull different guys. You've got to do a lot of things. It can't be a straightforward offense. You've got to go to old techniques, try to outman them on certain sides the way Seattle does. Um, so there's ways to approach it, but it's tough. Arnold says, you're right, Ant, but Mason needs to get in to do this. Oh, uh, you're right. They do need, you know, he does need game reps. I wanted it. I wanted seven carries from him last game, and it didn't happen. Um, but I'm not seeing him at practice either. You know, I, I'm really not. Uh, I'm glad he's on the football team, and I'm hoping he's going to get more. Uh, Luke says, I said out of, the, uh, out of the games up to point this out, I thought the game versus the Rams was Mason's best chance to get work outside on special teams because we like high carries versus the Rams straight into the teeth. Yeah, and they like to, especially if the Rams come out and they play more of their guys out towards the edge. So uh, the way that you're breaking down when you're looking at a defense, if the defense is spread out amongst the front, you've got lanes in the interior to run the football. I don't care if there's eight guys in the box. There's still lanes to run the football. If they're more in tight, then you have lanes on the outside, depending on exactly where the bubble is in the defense. The bubble is anywhere you can find a hole, and it has to be a large enough hole to be able to attack. In that situation, you can create run lanes. So that's what Kyle's continually trying to find and develop. Uh, one way you can do that is manipulate the defense, make them think you're going one way and it creates a hole somewhere else. The other way is just it's already there and then you take advantage of it. Uh, Kyle just has to figure out how to consistently do that. It just makes it more difficult when they have eight, and nine guys in the box. But you still can do it. Um, Mr. Corey says, Kyle said Coleman would have played against Denver, but the altitude would have affected his sickle cell trait. That's a bum is playing against the Rams. Uh, maybe maybe he'll play. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, he does like him, but they did choose Marlon Mack over Tevin Coleman. Uh, Tevin Coleman was a part of that workout, and they chose Marlon Mack. So let's remember that. John Paul says, is it possible that Purdy, uh, with his cerebral feet, feel for the offense, that he could give us more uh, than a version of Jimmy? I know it was preseason, but I don't think so. From everything that I had saw... Um, from everything I saw from Jimmy Garoppolo, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is still a better option than Purdy, but I think Purdy's continuing to develop. Uh, but he's still going to make some mistakes as well. And he was going against complete vanilla defenses. I wonder what would happen if they started disguising defensive bringing pressure. I think those are all things to consider, uh, John. But I mean, I, I don't like, I don't dislike Purdy. I like him overall. Russell doesn't believe that Coleman ran a four four. That's okay. And maybe it was 2012. Uh, we'll see. Mr. Corey says, outside of the Panthers and Vikings games, when he, Coleman has done absolutely nothing as a 49er, but you just, you named two instances in which he did something, and he did some really big things. Uh, so there you go. 49ers says, does everybody else hold their breath when you see Jimmy throw a pass out of the screen? Um, I don't. I've had that happen with quarterbacks, don't get me wrong, um, but I don't with, for whatever reason, with Jimmy, I did a lot with Jeff Garcia. I don't know why. Um, I like Jeff Garcia, but... Um, Ziggy says, Hey, thanks Aunt, for being the voice of reason. No one thinks Jimmy was good in any way, but I mean, you can't put everything on him. You're right. You can't, um, you know, I mean, Jimmy would, J- Jimmy has to understand, right. That he had some struggles, um, understanding that he did some things right. He did some things wrong. is just, that's consistent. That's what it was. Jimmy had bad plays in the game. Everyone knows it, including himself. Um, but you know, you just got to find ways to help him. You know, get get more comfortable with the offense. Find ways that he can be more successful using his traits that he has. He does have good traits. Uh, the quick release is there. Uh, the understanding of when to run the ball and when to pass, depending on what the box looks like and what the defense is presenting. He can do. Those are all traits that you like in a in a quarterback. Now you just have to find ways. Find the things he did really well in twenty nineteen. Find the things he did really well in twenty twenty one, and try to put an offense together that uses those traits while. know going against the defense that you're going against and it's different every single week Uh, they have certain players that are are big time they run different schemes they have different approaches finding your strengths in your players and then being able to apply them against a defense's weaknesses it's not easy but that's why they they get to play the you know these teams and make the big bucks um sounds i think we're more successful utilizing multiple backs and different run styles and skill sets not just a bell cow mentality I think they're missing the speed element. I do think they're missing that, and I think Elijah Mitchell, um, is that guy. He's going to be that bell cow back because not only was he powerful, but he was fast. Um, but you know he took a shot in the knee, and he's not healthy now. So I do think they've went to a different style, uh, and it hasn't really worked out too much. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, four years clock says, what should the four years do when the defense goes horizontal? Uh, it's easy when you go horizontal you get vertical yeah, they want to go horizontal and try to stop you outside go vertical uh you can use you know pullbacks and tight ends to be able to lead up the hole you can pull guards um so yeah you go you want to spread out horizontal you go vertical it's easy um and you can also go that way with the passing game too horizontal means there's more areas in the middle of the area to, or middle of the zones to throw the football um corner fizzle forever says ant you think the time to cut back on the wide receiver screen to debo Seems like we see a five time in the game now. I don't think it is time. In fact, against the Rams, if they're going to run these six and seven man boxes, that's what's open. NFC Championship game hit Debo on a screen, takes it to the house, big time play. Uh, so I think that it's not as long as it's open. Um, and I know we haven't executed them at a high level, but what, they're there. There was one this week that they could have ran, to, that they were trying to run to Juwan Jennings, and Jimmy G threw over his head. It's there. If they execute it, Juwan Jennings probably gets the first down. It could have been a huge play in the game. So I don't think it's it's time to tone those back. I think they just got to execute them better. Execution problems are definitely there for the Niners. Um, John Paul says fine. We'll sink in our Super Bowl roster with Jimmy. I'm pissed about the non-caring attitude. Uh I I, th- I don't like you know, I think I don't know what's up with Jimmy. You know what I mean? I really don't. I want to see how he bounces back. This was his first start. Let's see how he handles the situation. Um, if Jimmy is really a don't care, it's it's not a good sign. I can't see him being a don't care because if he is a don't care, he's not gonna make money next year. He needs to have a good season so that way he can make money. Um, so I, I think when it comes down to it, that's something to remember. Uh, but you're right, if he's in a like I don't care attitude, then that's not good. Um, but they do have a pretty good roster, so hopefully this defense is really good. And they can help, you know, help Jimmy Garoppolo along the way, help this offense find their footing. And let's see what happens when the offense looks like, you know, in officially week two of Jimmy Garoppolo at the helm. I know Seattle was different, but Kyle said even then he was calling plays. He had for Trey, um, and Jimmy was able to get him done. But that was a little bit of a different circumstance for sure. Mr. Corey says, all right, Ant, you've shut down Treder, Mac, and acquiring Humphrey, so it's time for you to suit up your, our last chance at center. Oh, please don't put that on me, Mr. <laughs> Corey. Oh, not at this stage in my life. I, I, I would be good for like a few snaps. That's about it. Uh, John Pulse's only formula if, is if we go forward with Jimmy is to run 65, 70% of the time and pass very limited. I mean, you're probably right. I mean, I don't, I don't know if those numbers are exactly that high, but I mean, yeah, it's got to be predicated on the run game. That's very important. And then you've got to uh, convert on third downs with key passes from Jimmy Garoppolo. That's something Garoppolo was very good at in 2019 and 2021 was converting on third down. One of the way, one of the reasons they're so good at it was not having many third and longs, but third and manageables that you could execute. Um, and I think that's something that you're hoping Jimmy can do. He did not do that against Denver. He was 0 for 9. Uh, the offense was 0 for 9. You can't win being 0 for 9 in this league on third down. Uh, so they have to get better at that. And if they don't, it, it's going to be a long season. I mean, that's just the way it is. But if they do, and uh, they can start sustaining drives. It's going to make the defense even better because they're going to stay off the field and stay healthy uh, and fresh at the end of football games. But also in the four years, will put up points consistently, and then they'll be really tough because they have a championship caliber defense. Um, and Jimmy and this offense have to figure it out. We'll see what happens. You know, if we get to Carolina and this offense is still struggling, uh, then you got to start ringing the alarms. Like, oh no, here we go. Uh, but we could do it. Uh, Sean says you think Jimmy feels like he's finally has Kyle over a barrel and wants to express himself and wants to be a bit more of a different offense. He could. Uh, but Kyle Shanahan's Kyle Shanahan. He ain't getting pushed. And that's the thing. It hurts Jimmy when the team doesn't play well. Not only does Jimmy not make his money, because uh, he gets a bonus for every win the Forty ers have when he's starting quarterback, but two, he won't get his money in the offseason. There were already teams that weren't interested in him as a starting quarterback. What will him, his market look like if he doesn't have a good season right now? So I think it's beneficial for Jimmy Garoppolo and better, beneficial for Kyle Shanahan for them to win. So I think that's, that's kind of where they're at with it. Luke says, who talked to Jimmy and found out he didn't care. I think people are seeing the smiles, you know the smiles after the game, um maybe people think he doesn't care. I don't know if that's the case. I don't know if that's true. Uh I've seen people smile when they're nervous. I've seen all kinds of things. I don't know why he smiled. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to go into why people smile or laugh in bad situations, you know, or or uh, whatever, but um I mean that's what people think and if if they feel Jimmy doesn't care, he's got to he's going to prove it on the field. I think he cares. I think he cares about money, but we'll see. Um Ziggy says, "Get out of here. Only thing that matters is uh, what he does on the field, not what the way he doesn't react, how fans want him to react. Uh, that's true. I mean, people always react different, Ziggy. So, yeah, I, I think that's what it is, though, right? I think it's the smiles. I think that's why people think he doesn't care. I don't. know. I didn't really break it down. I didn't really break down his lip syncs. Or I'm sorry, his lip reading either. To be honest, Mr. Corey says Grapple has a hundred million in the bank and knows he's got got a um, gone after this. D- don't think he cares much." Uh, one thing with having hundred million in the bank, Mr. Corey, you wish you had two hundred million in the bank. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was looking to get out of here and have a, a different situation. He's a competitor. He wants to win football games and he wants to he wants to make money. Uh, I can tell you right now, he he's trying to get another contract for sure. Uh, Marvin says I've never seen Jimmy roll over these accusations or whatever you want to call them. Does not make sense. He should be John Paul says he should be motivated. I mean, honestly, this could be his last chance in the ring. We have, in my opinion, the best defense of football. He needs to have a Steve Young 94 fire. 40 hours speedful forever says Jimmy feels more comfortable as a backup. I think he wants to start. I really do. I think he wants to make money. I think he wants to win. Um, Ziggy says not you, but these fans are crazy to think this guy don't care. I know. I know exactly what you're talking about, Ziggy. Um, I don't, I've never put into facials. That was one thing I said in the Seattle game after the game was over I saw Debo come up and dap up Jimmy Garoppolo and, you know, Jimmy was kind of smiling and stuff. And I said, uh, they're going to evaluate everything that, you know, is on these guys faces. And that's just how it is. I mean, that's just football. I think people do understand, you know, um, read into things certain ways and, um, uh, others don't, you know, don't really think about it. And I think that's just kind of the way it is. Um, Sean, Sean says, would Kyle bend a bit and incorporate some of Jimmy's possible suggestions, man, we miss on, uh, miss uh, McDaniels uh, actually. Yeah, because that's what he did last year. He put Jimmy Garoppolo in the shotgun. Kyle did because it was better for Jimmy Garoppolo. So Kyle did bend last year. Uh, the fact you see Jimmy in the shotgun more this year is again, is because Kyle's doing that for Jimmy. That was something Kyle didn't want to do. Kyle likes to be under center, um, but he doesn't under shotgun because under center, your lines and, and lanes for the outside zone are better. Uh, when you're in shotgun, mine is being in pistol. Those lanes change. This, this is straight from Kyle Shanahan's mouth. He said this. So uh, his th- his him putting Jimmy Garoppolo in the shotgun is for Jimmy Garoppolo's best good, uh, and he's trying to help the guy out. But that does hurt the run game overall. Unless you're in the pistol, that changes the lane. So it's interesting. Uh, Luke says, so "Are we gonna? Are we saying saying Divo doesn't care much because he's smiling with the Bronco player after the game?" Uh, I don't know. I mean, that's that's one of those things. Uh, But, guys, I'm up against that really fun conversation with all of you. I have to go ahead and get out of here. But uh, chat was awesome. You guys are fantastic, like always. I don't know what I would do without the Cutback crew. Thank you guys so much for joining me for this. Pay attention all week. We're going to have the game preview show coming out. Cover two with Warren. uh, What's good with Jay and the Bay. And then the game plan video. Also, if you're on Patreon, check out what's going on over there. The scouting report video will go up here pretty soon. I'm going to have that coming out. And also you can check out 49ers Face Off and Slightly Offsides. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Really appreciate it. What a great conversation. Uh, Great perspectives. Even though we don't always agree, we have great discourse about it, and I love that. Thank you guys for joining. Have a good Thursday night football. Enjoy the game. uh, Thursday night, enjoy the football game. And stay safe. And remember, the right way is always the 49ers way.